Then suddenly, on only a small part of the Earth's surface, the forces of nature are harnessed to do the bidding of the humblest citizen. In process with Lou Barnell on Repeater Radio. So Selena Benelli is on In Process with us today. Thank you for coming on In Process uh, with Repeater Radio. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. It's so lovely to see you here and, and, to, and to chat to you today. I wanted the In Process show to be an exploration of liveness in sound, um, in live art and performance with women, trans, non-binary, gender non-conforming, disabled and non-disabled artists who are working to reimagine the future of their field. And I wanted the show to be a dedication to future and evolving art, performance and music, inviting offerings of music, words, objects and film. And with this, we are creating an archive of contributions and offerings from guests and from the public to explore what an archive might be in its broadest sense. So I've asked you, Selena, to tell me about a series of inputs or offerings that inspire you and have influenced you. They might also speak about where you are now. And you've also brought with you an item for our live Sound and Bodies archive too. For input one, you have mentioned about the kind of vibrations and resonances that we hold and carry and hauntological feelings, the frequency of fear with a 40 hertz tone, which you've been saying is about memory um, and the ability to remember um, and also the sound of the Earth's rotation which has been recorded by NASA accompanied by your own writing. First fears disarticulate the tongue sitting as a foreign object at the back of the throat in a block of tasteless paralysis. White broken cliffs. Whose freedom, whose demise, and at what cost? Chalking dust settles in my tongue. Choking on your fine particulate. I dare not cough, but breathe you in, in case my pores remember the whitewash inside my guts and their pain. Forgiveness pleads for a trickling fall, and if I fall, it'll only be right to do so you. Um, tell us a bit more about Input One. The frequency of fear came from doing um, research on infrasound and the, um, the fear generated um, often again from the low low flying aircrafts um, and from, from the sound mirrors and I was doing a lot of reading on ontology as well um, about the futures that failed to appear and just the, the this the sound is associated with this almost like this impending doom. And then I've I've also been doing some reading into collective trauma and how inherited trauma, how that can be passed from generation to generation. 
and how the body carries this. And again, within this reading, it's this book called My Grandmother's Hand, they, they talk about how we carry intergenerational trauma and how it can, the words work and can, can feel like this impending doom, but you can't quite figure out um, where it comes from. So um, both as, as looking at how we carry trauma, how we carry these feelings, um, looking at how we can recognize them um, and how we can help each other, and but also um, interspersed with the spinning of the Earth's core. Um, I associate spinning with a way that I've found that helps me calm down. So there's a personal uh, relationship to spinning. I use spinning a lot in my performances as well. Um, there's um, also the memory aspect to childhood, um, so relatability and connection. Um, and then outwards onto something that we all, you know, with, with the Earth's core and the spinning and the stability of, of the Earth, how it uses it, obviously, to, to create its own stability within its own orbit. And so backward and forwards between spinning within ourselves and then spinning with the Earth and how we can learn from the Earth and um, help each other. And the 40 hertz within the frequency of... Um, light. They were doing some research into Alzheimer's and, um, and found that it actually helped um, reduce the amount of amyloid plaques um, within the, the brains of mice at this stage, um, which often um, uh, collects and aggregates um, within brain cells in Alzheimer's. So this idea that this kind of uh, these frequencies, both light and sound, can actually help repair um, the damage um, within our memory, within our bodies, and um, within each other. The way that you have created work with structures like the sound mirrors in Dungeness and on the foreshore of the Thames, the process that you've gone through is that often involved with walking and exploring? Very much so. Yeah, I I will visit. I will visit the site, I will, but the visiting and the walking and the looking round um, is a very tactile process. Um, it's not about thinking, oh, this is what I'd like to do. It's more like trying to discover the relationship um, my body and my, my, my senses have with the, the site itself, or then the relationship that the site has to the geography around it, the relationship of, of um, documents and history, and how that relates to the current social political situation that we find ourselves in. So it's trying to bring all of these strings together, and then wondering from uh, going from both a, a microscopic level to a macroscopic level. So feeling the moss on the wall and wondering what relationship I could have with that, and then just just storing it. So creating a, an archive. Within, within my own body um, of, of the explorations. I'm kind of accumulating, collecting, <laughs> in a way, um, these, these experiences and possibilities that may or may not reveal themselves at the time that um, I need them. <laughs> I mean, the, the Sama is a site for performances were quite imposing. They, they are these huge structures. They literally um, are there to, to pick up sounds um, from low-flying aircraft and um, 
so that we would have these these 15-minute warnings and they were built between the two wars. They never ever were used. Um, so there was this failure of their defence mechanisms that I was really interested in and kind of resonating and echoing our own failures that we put up these defence, psychological defence mechanisms, political defence mechanisms, um, including with Brexit and this, this idea of having to defend our borders and also trying to pick up on the, the, the trauma and the damage that sometimes our own defence mechanisms cause us. So these concrete structures felt like I was developing a relationship with them through performance, but also they, they became visual metaphors and, and visual concreted conglomerations of feelings and, these, and trying to unpick what these feelings could be and what would fear look like if um, it was into a concrete structure. I think materials carry a memory and I'm trying to tease out these memories, often uh, they, they can be quite um, difficult and traumatic memories. Um, and so I use and I push the materials and I reuse and I try not to, to waste. So I try to have this respectful um, relationship with them. On the foreshore I used Builders Line, looking at the construction, building a wealth along the Thames in London. And I'm trying to develop um, some kind of in-between language. And I feel that the materials movement, performance, sounds, all of, all of them um, can help us somehow connect in a different way that, that goes beyond the, the everyday language we use, which it in itself, I feel, is also an instrument that limits us. Now, input two, we have the song, which is also going to be accompanied by your words, Selena, Forever Lost by God is an Astronaut. Displaced yearnings. I can't hear you. Once amplifying, now weathered. I want to feel you. I want to hear you. I want to touch you. I want to pierce the tympanic frequencies that separate and distance us with edges that cut and splinter. Skin need and bruised elbowed. Can we hear us out until the boundaries blur and oscillate between here, here, her, there, them, when we are also other? I suppose I was doing a lot of um, <laughs> listening to, to this band and went to see them at the Barbican 
the experience of seeing them, it was quite a synesthetic experience where I felt that colours and sound really um, emerged and textures as well emerged from seeing and hearing them um, within my own body. And so looking at this idea of um, certain um, resonances and residual um, capacities of bodies being able to conduct uh, a synesthesia, a synthesizing of different senses within our bodies um, in response to the stimuli that sound and light can produce. And this idea of loss, um, forever lost, I, I feel I have a difficulty in um, imagining what forever would look like. <laughs> And loss as well. This was also around the period of trying to um, deal with my mother's death. And so there was this idea of what is forever and what is loss. And putting these these two oxymorons together um, and evoking all of these emotions and feelings um, within this track, I felt was a good backdrop to what haunting of, of phantasms and ghosts that we carry within ourselves that we sometimes find difficult to process and come out in other ways. Um, I felt that this was a good track that, that evokes that, but still is somehow hopeful, you know, in acknowledging the darkness, um, but that within that darkness, um, this light can be blended. So input three, we've got two pieces by Kaleka Putuma, a South African spoken word, sound and movement artist. The first is called Collective Amnesia, and this is a short excerpt of a performance which lasted 45 minutes on a train ride from Cape Town to Moiseberg. And the second piece is called Water, which is a poem from 2016. We must not destroy the fruit of the TRC. We must love our fellow native refugee brothers. We must forgive even when they tear gas you, especially when they tear gas you. I am not the color of my skin. When I walk into the restaurant and the waiter does not recognize me, I am not the color of my skin. She is just communicate with my ancestors, Abba Pansi, my ancestors who owned the land before colonization, whose statues I do not see erected here in stone, but it does not matter because they live forever in our hearts and in our bones, the same way yours live in our textbooks. This land, my Africa, belongs to us all. My Africa is your Africa. Where my Africa? Elilis, What happened to Ubuntu? What happened to Ubuntu? Who even is Uhuru? If our fellow brothers and sisters are divided by privilege, what even is privilege in the face of democracy? Oh, Ngosi. Go see what you're finding. Sigelela unkaba wokoko betu janki 
Jan van Riebeek for Jesus and for English. Thank you, youth of 1976, for I know why the cage birds sing. The memory of going to the beach every New Year's Eve is one I share with cousins and most people raised black. How the elders would forbid us from going into deep to giggle, to splash in our black tights and sharp right plastic bags wrapped around our new weaves forbid us from riding the wave for fear that we would be a mass of blackness swept by the tide and never to return like litter. The elders forbid us as if the ocean has food poisoning. I often wonder why I feel as if I am drowning every time I look out into the sea. This and feeling incredibly small. And I have often heard this joke about black people being scared of water or not being able to swim. We are mocked, and we have often mocked ourselves for wiping our faces the way that we do when we come out of water, compared to how they do it all Baywatch-like, and how we so ratchet-like with our postures and kink. Every time our skin goes under, it's as if the reeds remember that they were once chains, and the water, restless, wishes that it could spew all the slaves and ships onto shore, whole as they had boarded, sailed and sunk. Their tears are what have turned the ocean salty. This is why our irises burn every time we go under. Every December 16th, December 24th, December 31st, our skin re-traumatizes the sea. They mock us for not being able to willingly throw ourselves into something that was instrumental in trying to execute our extinction. For you, the ocean is for surfboards, boats, tans, and all the funky stuff you do under there in your bathing suits and goggles. But we, we have come to be baptized here. We have come to stir the other world here. We have come to connect our living to the dead here. Our respect for water is what you have termed fear. The audacity to trade and murder us over water, then mock us for being scared of it. The audacity to arrive by water and invade us. If this land was really yours, then resurrect the bones of our colonizers and use them as a compass. Then quit using black bodies as tour guides or the site for your authentic African experience. Are we not tired of dancing for you, gyrating and singing on cue? Are we not tired of gathering as a mass of blackness to atone for just being here? To beg God to save us from a war we never started? To march for a cause caused by the intolerance for our existence? Raise our hands so we don't get shot. Raise our hands in church to pray for protection and we still get shot there too.
Elijah, we have been engineered to kneel to whiteness and we're not even sure if the days of Elijah even existed because whoever wrote the Bible did not include us. But I would rather exist in that godless holy book than in the history books that did not tell the truth about us, for us, on behalf of us. If you really had to write our stories, then you ought to have done it in our mother's tongues, the ones you cut off when you fed them a new language. We never consent. Yet we are asked to dine with the oppressors and serve them forgiveness. How? How? When the only ingredients I have are grief and rage. Another one who looks like me died today. Another one who looks like me was murdered today by your kind. May that be the conversation at the table. And we can all thereafter wash this bitter meal with amnesia and go for a swim after that just for fun. Just for fun. Tell us a bit about these two pieces. I mean, I, I, pro I feel that um, the pieces are so powerful that um, anything I say is probably diminished kind of where they stand. There's a lot to do with hydrofeminism that I was looking at as well. Koleka Putuma is looking at the memory of water through an Afrofuturistic lens and how it carries the memories of trauma, of intergenerational violence and corrective violence that is used in South Africa as well, um, the oppression of um, women, um, of queer bodies, of um, the, the patriarchal violence basically that um, is, is repeatedly um, done over and over again through institutionalized power that um, colonialism is uh, very much responsible for. The way that Koleka Potuma has, has decided to um, perform her, her poetry, I think is, is um, an amazing way of trying to deal with these very difficult issues. And I very much want everyone to, to experience um, what an amazing um, poet and performance artist that they are. Collective amnesia has got to do a lot with, with the research that I'm interested in about how forgetting is a way of remembering. How we forget and how we try to forget trauma somehow also inscribes itself within our bodies, within processes, within both on a microscopic and a macroscopic level, but within our own genetic makeup and how that gets reproduced. And unless we start to take responsibility for it, whether we intend to or not, we can actually inscribe that trauma into other people's bodies. We can actually affect other people with it. And I find Koleka Potuma offers us a way of confronting the violence and that trauma um, elicits. If we really are 
interested in social repair. Listening, I think, is, is one of the first things that will help repair the violence that, that we're all exposed to and sometimes we often reproduce ourselves. And it's both listening to, to ourselves and to others. Input four. You have given to us, Selena, Gravity That Binds, which is a track by Caterina Barbieri on the 2017 album Patterns of Consciousness. to this it's quite a minimal piece and but it also starts from being 
quite minimal, going into almost a meditative transformation and then almost like a release. The, the piece relates to me quite deeply between this binding and gravity and this rotational, going back to the rotation of the earth, spinning, to uh, ways of stabilising ourselves. It comes full circle with this piece. As I said before in the beginning of the show, um, In Process is also an archive. Um, it's an archive of the nowness of now in live art, sound um, and practitioners thinking about reimagining the future, reimagining the past. Um, and I've asked each guest on In Process to bring with them a piece. It can be in any format, in any form, that documents this era for them. It would be great to hear about what your archive item is, Selena, and why you've chosen it. The archive item is a layering of the field recording that of Cordite Dreams, which was a performance that I did at the beginning of this year um, for Impossible Performances. I was invited to, to make a work for an exhibition online by curated by Helen Davidson um, called Impossible Performances in a time where performance was impossible, where we couldn't congregate, where we couldn't witness, where we couldn't be together. Liveness felt very mitigated by a screen. Just before we went into total lockdown, um, we were still able to be two people outside. So I asked Matt Mahoney-Page, who um, I often asked to document my work. They're also a performance artist to document this work at an old cordite factory in Kent. Access was quite difficult. By the time we got there, we didn't have much time. It was a difficult site um, and it was quite impossible to get to the top of, even when I was on top. These were very unstable, crumbling walls. Uh, it was a precarious moment. It was a, a very difficult space to be in, both mentally, psychologically, geographically, and within the, the social landscape that we found ourselves in. And yet, somehow, something came out of it, both through writing, through image, through contending with the impossibility and relating to it through this queering of language, this queering of what spaces can be and of what bodies can do, and the relationship between something um, as flattening as the internet <laughs> and being online, somehow wanting to defy this idea that performance can't be done, that it can't be felt unless you're actually there in that same space, realising that when I have done performance to camera, and especially performances online, didn't work for me. I need to be out there. And the impossibility of being able to bring the out there to someone through a screen. I've layered the field recording from this. I've also read and recorded the writing for this. And I have included the color blue at a specific um, frequency, which is 6.68 hertz. Translated that into a musical note, which is a D sharp. So I've layered that into it as well. Close contact. 
inhabiting walls housing precursors to a smokeless propellant, the ruins of which I clamber into, onto, within, the insides of eviscerated shells, whose pearls are cast, which cannon fodder is used. I drag my loneliness, peculiar to my hauntings, into the crumbling mortar and eroded clay. Brick on brick, biting back at the icy wind, stored chemicals misplace the memories as nitroglycerin and powder that stick to the spores on ledges, still standing, still waiting, still wanting. Your echoes press into the found bones I wrap up with feathers singed by the conflict we celebrate in memorials. This calcareous frame, numb and cold, drains the colour from fingers visited by pinned needles and splintered nails. White on grey, ghostly traces shiver, deep marrowed, and apoptopic cells continue dividing until there is no more blood. Necrotic debris falls softly from graves beneath my sighs. Semicircles on the side of builder's line trace an ephemeral witnessing, sense through a body putting together a future felt within the touch of concrete. Here, collisions are replaced by caresses and stones by pressed chests on each other's breath. Within the fumes we are claiming our house, our building, back from the burning. It's freely given by intention, by trust, by compassion, by the complexity of our humanity. We don't need perfect symbols. We can be messy, leaking and obtuse and still get it together and gather our inner contours in lips unsealed and half-open recesses of folds expanding, possessed by defiance, becoming unstuck from the familiar pain of loss and the distance they place between you and me shortens through the desolate landscapes coating our epidermal layerings. Fifteen minutes. As the anemometer reads the trajectory of airborne particles between your breath and mine, it registers in a complete situation. But I keep remembering, putting back together the things and parts I thought I knew. And each time they emerge differently, each story is a multiple version of feeling, sense, through shame. Entangled and confused, you pathologize my queerness when you can't love it in yourself. This, a gesture for these stones holding out for rainbows. We become our own witnesses, forgiving ourselves for the marks made by ancient bigots. The wind's laminar flow levels through trembling strata into the space of holding, where silent engrams await for recall and the body takes over in a process of cellular interventions. Our doing precedes the conversations we can't have with words. Wall after 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 wall
Ghosts rise from the cordite fumes. Glass shards tear at the black feathers and hushed glossal scratchings. Roofless inverted triangles form gateways that flow between the manalities and the binaural impulses, rendered visible through being seen. Their formless words dig through thought to find bodies that yearn for the softness of quivering membranes and viscous mucoid borders. On the horizon, dry tongues tie to a popping sherbet language, laying down their desiccated words onto fluorescent rice paper saucers. Sheep look down and follow us with herd-like amnesia until they realize our hands can't feed. Pillowcases laden with ash from the tarred feathers we carry make space for communal motive dreaming. We are lovers to ourselves and each other, to a future here an hour ago, in less than six feet. The burnt embers between my thighs leave skinned imprints in the form of willow chalk sticks, cradling dull aches and lost fragments of cold aluminium and steel-edged moss. Breathing in this lichen matter, the hard particulates scratch at my pores. Grazing the fine hairs erected from nerves autonomously responding to the drop, the trace, the fear. Phantom pain radiates from truncated limbs waiting to be found. Elbowing my way toward the strangeness of atmosphere and the floating phantasms that sit on these collapsing walls. I talk with memorials and my amnesia expands beyond the familiar forgotten concrete. Dialogues lurk under where Anthoria Parietina clings, loosely, just before I come to the full stop. Flying with failing rusted rods raised by flanked arms, fixed on a point between the horizon and my gaze, fear, memory and hope triangulate on concrete structures witnessing the scars of conflict. In grey tights on frozen ground, the sting of ice mud begs my feet to stay fixed on the concrete. Trembling fingers concentrate on the tie between line, phalanx and rod. The hairpin tries to unsuccessfully secure the orange outlines into the ground by found femoral hitting. Laddered up onto the dividing wall, thin cracks appear across a slapped face with rectangular openings. The duvet stuffed on the steel rungs will not cushion my fall as it hinders my ascent. The last time these flakes fell so wide I was losing what we had just created. As your ghost passes through, the chill leaves an indelible mark. These feelings coalesce into a voice hurdling over the expelled pieces of longing I carry inwards. Beyond halfway, still on edge, just here, precariously. The tension unravels the time that had already run out before I began. Clutching the nylon braid, the reel hangs at a slow spin between what was and what can be. Fantastic. Could you tell us a bit about your current and future plans generally? So at the moment, I'm really uh, been privileged and grateful to receive a funding to learn pure data so that I can try and uh, develop a sense of 
touch and a sense of feeling and affect through inputs and ideally through sound. But the idea is to, to look at performance, sights, materials and extract certain frequencies, resonances and um, see if, if somehow that can be translated and articulated in a way that can still produce an affect despite the problems we're having within these, these times of COVID. But I'm also interested in this idea of what kind of algorithms can be produced through a more neurodiverse way of looking at things, through a more queer way of looking at things and more ephemeral traces that are left behind so looking at sites that are no longer what can we you know take from the past and carry into the future so exciting it's fantastic where can we hear and see your work so through instagram through my website as well selenabonelli.com there's also a wordpress site of selena.bonelli we've got one more track uh, to play before we say goodbye at the end of today's In Process with Selena Benelli. Tell us about Anna Meredith on her 2019 album, Fibs. I really enjoy how Anna Meredith uses a lot of layering and the reason often I have to use pauses and slow down my, my own kind of talking is because it's really difficult to, to concentrate when you have all these, these thoughts going through your head. And I find that within her music, um, she kind of celebrates that. It speaks to me. I tend to feel music. And so articulating what I feel is really, really difficult um, unless, unless I'm dancing. Such a huge thank you to you for coming on in process and for your generosity and your thoughtfulness and your time because it's been a wonderful journey and I've really enjoyed it and I'm sure in process listeners will too so thank you so so much thank you so so much I really appreciate it
In process with Lou Barnell on Repeater Radio.